1: This is Adam, host of the podcast you're about to listen to. Just a heads up, this is another episode from the Conspiracy the Show Archives. We originally recorded this in March 2018, way before David Spade murdered Connor. This episode is about the FBI and their notoriously shady treatment of black musicians. I decided to release it this week for a couple of reasons. One, we talk a little bit in this episode about the book drugs as weapons against us the cia war on leftist musicians by john potash we've talked about that book a bunch on this podcast actually and next week john will be a guest on the podcast so be on the lookout for that also we kick off this episode talking about meek mill he's a rapper fyi and there's a documentary about the very thing we mention about him on this show coming out later this week it's called free meek and you should for sure watch it but until all that happens travel back in time to march 2018 and listen to connor and i talk about the fbi and black musicians such fun times thanks everybody we love you let's get to the show people of earth your hands have to destroy Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpaden. So, all right, I guess we'll start over. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Conspiracy, the show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Connor McSpadden. We definitely didn't just do that already. Yeah, we're uh, the the renovations here at the
0: Unpop Studio have uh, have thrown a little monkey wrench into the opening, but here we are.
1: They are wreaking some havoc, but we're powering through. How's it going, man? Going all right.
0: Yeah. It's tired, which is uh, the best way to discuss conspiracy theories, I think,
1: is after a long night. Oh yeah, for sure. I think by the time this goes up, you are on the road. I think so. Yeah, I'll probably... Yeah, I'll probably Or be, be. very close to it, so... it will you're... go up
0: when I'm sleeping on a Greyhound bus with Keith Carey and Tom <laughs> Goss, just e- e- eating like gas station protein bars I stole in the, in the middle of
1: nowhere. Oh, touring is fun. Oh, it's a good time, man. Yeah, I had to take a nine-hour bus ride... Somehow from Minneapolis to Chicago, it took nine hours. Oh. Geez. Overnight, after I had a show in Minneapolis, and man, I smelled so fucking bad. Oh, yeah? <laughs> About halfway through that bus trip, I was. I felt like a real disservice to the people around me. Yeah, I've I've taken some pretty
0: nuts of uh, Greyhounds. The, the 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 worst one. My first one I took was twenty four hours to Portland both ways. Wow! And, uh, I fucking I, I on the way back, this dude gets on and he's wearing like. Just like He just looks like a feral human being, and he's got a box of hammers, <laughs> like a cardboard box full of liquor and hammers, and he just starts putting, sure. placing the hammers around his area, like one on the window, he's got one in the cup holder, he's got one in the seat, <laughs> you know, and he just like gets off and doesn't get back on. And it was like, Does anyone know where he went? And I was like, uh, oh, he went that way, but I'm not gonna tell him that. I don't want to sit next <laughs> to this dude. And he goes in his box and he's like, Yeah, this guy had like a little like plastic jug of, you know, the Knob Creek whiskey or whatever. And he just like takes this box of hammers and fucking <laughs> booze and just throws it out and was like, All right, toot toot, on our way. I had another one. The best one ever is when this guy he's kind of like he was kind of slow, I guess. Like he wasn't like he he was just kind of like a like a dumb guy and uh yeah. he he like he's like getting off and he's got like twenty bucks for food and like we get off at this like little travel plaza and there's like a McDonald's and a subway and a Taco Bell, you know, and a checkers or whatever and he's like looking he's like overwhelmed by the embarrassment of options. He's like, Do I fucking do I what do I do? And he and he, he can't decide where to eat and he's like thinking about it and talking out loud to himself about it for like ten minutes while everyone's like getting off and going, And we all get food, we get back in the bus, he's sitting near me and again he's not there and they're like, I oh, don't know where he went and I feel kinda bad. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. He's getting food or whatever. And they're like, we got to go. I mean, we have to leave. <laughs> so we pull out into the street, and then he comes running up with two hot dogs and then he's running and as he's running he's running in front of the bus in traffic trying to stop it and get back on and as he's running and banging on the bus with his hot dogs his pants fall down <laughs> so he's just like pantsless with two he drops like one of the hot dogs you know and he's and he's just like ah and when they fucking open the door and they're like dude you can't be doing that and he's like oh, oh. And he's trying to like get his hot dog and shit back <laughs> it was fucking it was sad man I was I was on one in uh, in Oklahoma that had fucking straight up neo Nazis on the bus. It was like a it was a very uh, mixed bus, just like you know, like the culturally and everything. like there was a a little bit of everybody, but there was a a contingent of straight up Nazis on the bus. And, nice, uh, yeah, they were uh, ugh, they were pretty close to me, and they just uh,
1: yeah yeah touring is always tense, but at least we're not black musicians touring in the '40s and '50s, Connor. I'll say. That's what this episode is about. What a fucking great segue that was. That was,
0: that is, that is, you really put in your 10,000 hours of podcast.
1: I didn't even write that down. You did just
0: fucking. You just riffed that shit? Yeah,
1: that just came to we, mind. We
0: usually pre-script the entire show, and then I just, yeah. and I just write uh, three words of Alex Jones, and then, you know, <laughs> asterisk, trails off, half-heartedly asterisk, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't know if people realize that, but it's true.
0: Yeah, this is a, it's a, not only the research but the rehearsal process takes weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like an episode of SNL but harder.
0: Yeah. And I can't believe it's only $5 a month. I mean, I'm really yeah. really killing myself doing this.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot of fucking work and we should stop
0: probably. Yeah. But
1: let's power on through this episode. I mean, if nothing the, else. The people
0: got to know what's going on with Meek Mill, am I right? <laughs> exactly. Segway that shit right back in.
1: And by the way, welcome to Music Month.
0: Yeah. It's It was going to be Courtney Love Month, but
1: yeah, we, we chickened out, but we do have two Courtney Love-related episodes coming soon. we got Courtney Courtney Love Fortnite. Yes, <laughs> with special guest Travis Clark from the Heart Shape Pod yeah, podcast. So let's talk about the FBI and black musicians. Yeah, let's do <laughs> something more light, fun. This, as you, you referenced not too long ago, you, you mentioned Meek Mill. This was going to be an episode just about freeing meek mill yeah because there it, it's not the problem is it's not even a conspiracy what's happening to him oh not at all no it's just one person who is the judge in his case who's a woman uh, i forget her name but she is really making his life hell yeah the he's in prison right now i think he's got judge, like
0: uh, judge drake
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think he's got like four years and she sentenced him to 4 years in prison even though the prosecution and his probation officer both recommended no jail time and there's all these allegations that she's been pressuring him to sign with a local Philadelphia music manager named Charlie Mack Ooh, and shit. leave Rockefeller Records and she also at one point suggested he do a cover of On Bended Knee by Boys to Men And give her a shout out at the end.
0: This is, so this is like fucking, like that movie where she kidnaps the writer the Stephen King book.
1: Kind of.
0: Yeah, like that, but with a rapper where they're just like, oh, I got you under my thumb here. I really want to hear you do this, work with this record label.
1: And somehow she's been getting away with it for years. What the fuck is that book called? Uh, Misery. Misery, Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, misery. Yeah, on the have... plus side, it's been a while since we had a good rap album recorded over the phone. That's
1: true. Not since the No Limit days. Yeah, yeah. Have we had a really quality album? Yeah, recorded those... just from the jailhouse. That's always fucking great. Jack, I think that's what they call the phone in prison.
0: Oh, the jack. I think so. Oh, okay.
1: Something like that. Yeah, I've that never been right. to prison, but
0: yeah, I've yeah. listened to my rap songs. Hey, hey, Adam, your wife's on the jack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing checkers. Is
1: that how prison phones work? People call you.
0: Uh, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like being at a bar in the '80s, where it's just like, "Hey, hey, Peter, your fucking your daughter's on the line." Hey, yeah, I'm not here. I just left.
1: So yeah, we were we were going to talk about Meek Mill, but I don't think there's enough there for an entire episode. But people should definitely look into that case because it is kind of a travesty of justice it's i've still up, yeah. never heard a meek mill song and all i know of him is the drake thing and yeah. drake just dominating him via twitter yeah. and diss tracks but it is it's a crazy case and he probably should not be in prison
0: no and i, I like some meek mill tunes i mean there is one that they that we used to play at old navy when we were stalking sure. in the morning and uh <laughs> <laughs> Nothing funnier than just like a bunch of old Navy employees at five in the morning getting turned up to like dreams and handcuffs or whatever that shit's called. That I'm picked, it Yeah, that
1: that should be an old Navy commercial.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why don't we play this in the store during business hours? <laughs> I think this would be a better vibe because it's just like soft rock. It's just how like, you move khakis. It's like the mathematically least noticeable music that they've like cooked <laughs> up for old Navy radio. You know?
1: Yeah. And the the way one really clear indication that what's happening to Meek Mill is a travesty of justice is the FBI launched an investigation on his behalf. Wow! Which we're going tables have turned. That is, we are going to get into the history of the FBI and black musicians, and it is rarely them intervening on <laughs> behalf of someone else. Yeah, it's usually them going, "Uh oh, that black guy's selling records." let's start following him yeah so let's get into some of the more famous examples and but also there there is the one other really notable instance that we talked about previously which was the FBI investigating Tupac and mm-hmm. Easy E for possibly having been the target of extortion plots by the Jewish Defense League which i think we talked about that on An episode of this show. If not, we definitely should have. I mean, that sounds like something that we would have talked about. (laughs) I know we talked about it. I forget
0: how they got tangled up with the Jewish Defense League. I mean, was that like a... uh, Was that their
1: manager? The FBI files make it seem like Suge Knight was working with the Jewish Defense League. Man, just like
0: the Suge Knight, like, I want to... I just wish I I could be a fly in the wall in, like, one of the Suge Knight Legion of Doom meetings where he's just like, all right, I've got the Jewish Defense League, and then like... (laughs) you know the, the bloods yeah the bloods uh we've got waste management for <laughs> for greater sacramento and uh yeah we're we're gonna take down you know i don't know what's the f- dude i can't think of it i'm trying to who's the blow the whistle guy too short Boom.
1: <laughs> too short yeah
0: yeah there we go i got it
1: <laughs> i think i saw recently that like a s- like sexual misconduct allegations came out against too short and it's like no really <laughs> Have you ever every song he's ever released? Do you know his what his sexual favorite misconduct? word is?
0: Uh, because
1: <laughs> his trademark is just really drawing out the word bitch.
0: Yeah, he did a he hopped on the my buddy Jamal Johnson is a rapper, and uh, he he did a song with a guy, and then they they cut him off and they put too short on the remix, and I was like, well, oh, that's cool. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be replaced by anyone, you yeah, should I mean, be I'm, I, I, I'm, replaced by a legend who can barely rap.
0: I just like the degrees of separation between myself and Too Short are <laughs> yeah. getting shorter because until then, the the biggest cashier I had was opening for Afro Man one time in Corona.
1: <laughs> well, now what that also means is I'm sure the uh, FBI has looked into Too Short, which means they've probably, by the, the two or three hop method that yeah, yeah. surveillance communities use, they probably looked into you and me. Oh, I had a
0: th- I had a thing come up where so like uh, so there's a there's like some kind of writing gig like you know oh, no Trump did the gridiron dinner, and a buddy of mine was working for another guy that was going to write jokes for him for the gridiron dinner, and he was like, "Would you want to do it?" You know, they're going to ha- have to do a full background check on you, and if they and if you pass, they'll they'll hit you up, and you can just send in some jokes, and you might use some, and you get whatever x amount of dollars. And I was like, "Yeah, sure," because I would love to just send in the worst possible jokes. And oh just, yeah yeah and just try to set them up to bomb <laughs> and <they> just <laughs> take that money <laughs> But uh, I got no email, so I assume I did, I guess I didn't pass the background check. But there's a few days where it's like, it's funny knowing that the FBI is like literally looking at my tweets right now. <laughs> or maybe they didn't even go that far. I have no idea. But yeah, I was, uh, I was contacted about this and I was like, oh, of course. And if I get to meet oh, him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Keith, me and Keith are talking about this. I was like, oh, if we got to meet him, I would for sure like, like, do like nut, nut, nut scrape, you know, with the, the handshake <laughs> hand and then just give him like a big ball sweat handshake.
1: Yeah, you have to. You have to,
0: yeah. Hypothetically, that was all a joke. I'm not trying to <laughs> contaminate the president with my nuts.
1: <laughs> so let's talk about what I love about the list of musicians we're going to go through that the FBI has opened files on in the past. They're some of the most innocuous names you can imagine. Oh yeah, starting Everyone knows. with Nat King Cole. Oh, the 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 the
0: evil Nat King Cole. <laughs> And I mean, it, he had one kind of sexually suggestive n- number about uh, it being cold outside, and other than that, <laughs> seems to be a pretty upstanding
1: citizen. And it's worth noting that most of these investigations happened as part of the COINTELPRO program, which is a really infamous FBI program where they just kind of monitored everybody who seemed like they might ever get into any kind of leftist-related shit yeah. in this country. That kind
0: of sounds like a company that would make Mega megablocks uh cointelpro, COINTELPRO. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, yeah kind of we could do probably four episodes on cointelpro it's basically oh, yeah. the mk ultra of uh, surveillance yeah it was a massive it's like, oh
0: you were photographed near a donkey that means you're a communist
1: right and they would follow people for years like the fbi must have just had unlimited resources back in the day
0: oh it's one of these certain things where you just have a blank check like in yeah. if it's like for under the guise of national security they're just like well yeah I mean I don't know if you play this record backwards he's telling you to like rape people so we gotta go like <laughs> we gotta spend a trillion dollars and get a bunch of dudes with like square headed fucking haircuts to be like oh, it looks like he's having an affair or whatever the fuck it is you know? <laughs> yeah yeah
1: So, yeah, Nat King Cole was one of the people. Oh, and one thing I left about COINTELPRO, in 1964, they mailed Martin Luther King Jr. a letter and suggested he commit suicide. (laughs) So that's what kind of government program we're dealing with. This is not a group that intervenes to make sure Suge Knight's not jabbing black musicians with AIDS needles. Yeah. They're there to watch and try to bring people down if they can. So Nat King Cole... There's a 1957 FBI file that includes a memo written directly to J. Edgar Hoover, and interestingly enough, it's written by Mark Felt, who was deep throat yeah. in the, the Watergate scandal, which we found out years and years later, and he sends this memo to J. Edgar Hoover basically saying, I met with one of my top informants, and he told me, quote, his most pressing problem at the moment ...is Nat King Cole, who is presently the featured attraction at the Sands Hotel. Oof. And now that's what I mean by unlimited resources. Like, we have so many people in our pocket in the surveillance community that they're just, like, watching Nat King Cole. Like, yeah, I I bet they'll be fine if I dedicate some time to this. I mean, if you're
0: paranoid enough, you can look at anybody and decide that they're a part of some conspiracy, Yeah. I mean, if this is your job to just find something... After a while of not finding something, you're just going to make something. Right. You know, you're just going to be like, I don't know. I don't trust him. <laughs> like,
1: well, it's, it's like people say, if you follow, if a cop follows a car long enough, they'll find a reason to pull it over. Yeah. Like any minor thing. And, but we, we find out from the FBI files that what they were concerned about when it came to Nat King Cole was that the hotel he was performing at in Vegas had recently started letting black musicians stay in the same suites as white musicians. So they had become desegregated. Oh. And this is why the Those FBI flag for them. was up in arms because at the time, segregation was the way America worked.
0: Yeah. It's like you're, the, it's so, it's so, so stupid. Like you're the, headliner of this residency in Vegas and you're like, but you gotta you gotta stay in the, the east wing of Yeah,
1: imagine that. that it like it had to have been like that for years and years and years before that. Yeah. That's an, and it's not like Nat King Cole was the first really famous black musician. So think of all the names that probably had to sleep in a fucking boiler room.
0: Yeah and they're like, Thank you, good night everybody and then they're just <laughs> going back to a cot, <laughs> you know
1: someone throws a bag over their head and carries them back down to the basement.
0: Meanwhile some fat prop comic is just like up in a penthouse <laughs> doing blow. <laughs> and he's just like, ah, this is the life.
1: Oh, fuck the 50s, man. Yeah. What a horrible time. And so, yeah, that that was, it seems like the FBI is just kind of an agent of not change. Yeah. Like, their main role in society is to make sure America stays exactly as it is. Yeah. And sometimes they win, and sometimes they lose, and they adapt. But that always seems to be their main goal, is making sure everything stays as it is. Yeah, kind of. I know? mean, it, it might be different now. I mean, it's. I'm sure these are way different times for the FBI, yeah. having the president being in such an adversarial position.
0: I mean, I imagine it's a posi- it's a situation where they're like, let's hold on to the level of independence and power we have and then when we see an opening let's try to you know slide the patriot act under the door and right "Eh? come on
1: yeah because they had to have that just hold
0: on to that you know and wait for another opportunity
1: yeah yeah it's it's uh it's creepy but it also makes me kind of want to work for the fbi
0: yeah like there's never been a who's okay they wanted the FBI. You got everybody's emails. who Who's your Who's your guilty play? Like who Who are you? Just like I want to see what chair is like googling. You know, like who do you look for? Oh, I mean
1: Trump, obviously. But I don't know. I'd like to see what Wilmer Valderrama's up to. <laughs> like yeah. he just he just fucks everyone in Hollywood. Does he really? And I want to know why. I oh, didn't know that. yeah. yeah. You just
0: want to Everybody. read his. You
1: want, you want to read his text messages and see what, sure what his game is like. I want to see what he's saying to these women to bridge the gap between that '70s show and now when he's done absolutely nothing. But uh, I mean, I guess he kind of hasn't really had that big thing. Yeah, I mean, he's a handsome dude. He's a good-looking there's looking guy. Yeah, no denying that. For me,
0: I think it's like. I want to read all of Glenn Danzig's Yelp reviews. <laughs> I want to find out what he's
1: up to on Pornhub, okay? I want to see, I want to yeah. see like, what Groupons he's purchasing. Yeah, I'd be down to see anyone's porn history. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would be fine with me. And I'm down with anyone seeing my internet porn history, because I don't really fuck with internet porn.
0: I know. I was shocked to find this out. I'm pretty open about my, about my probably too open about my, <laughs> the, the porn that I watch on Mean Boys. And uh, yeah, I'll get tweets sometimes. I'll be like, how the fuck did you? Oh, that's right. Right, yeah, yeah. Or people will try to make fun of me, and I was like, I told you. like, when is Yeah. It, this is not, You didn't discover a secret here.
1: That's why I was when I was writing for Cracked, especially, I was so open about writing about really awful things I've done, like smoking crack.
0: Oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm
1: not going to have someone fucking find that out and reveal it 10 years later and try to embarrass me. Fuck that. Oh, yeah, just that's tell the way people to go
0: just have no secret. No, yeah, like, no
1: secret. <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about another really dangerous, threatening legendarily menacing musician that the FBI <laughs> followed, and that's Louis Armstrong. Oh, yeah, man. The guy who sang What a Wonderful World. What's he hiding in those cheeks? <laughs> Probably not refugees. He, for most of his career, was completely apolitical. Yeah. Didn't dabble in politics, didn't speak out about it. But when the Brown versus Board of Education thing happened, which was the big lawsuit about desegregation and eventually like the military gets called in. It was a whole thing. Yeah. He said this to a reporter in the midst of that. It's getting almost so bad a colored man hasn't got any country. And then he also criticized Eisenhower for being two faced and having no guts.
0: Oh, harsh words. Very
1: harsh. Two faced, no guts. Yeah.
0: I've said worse things about
1: people that have done nothing. (laughs) Exactly. But that was enough to get the FBI on his tail. He had also at this point agreed to tour the Soviet Union as a cultural ambassador for the United States. Yeah. And backed out of that. This is another quote. The way they're treating my people in the South, the government can go to
0: hell. Oh man, yeah, the, I'll tell you what, the uh, the president can kick rocks, whoa, <laughs> you whoa, agent of dissent.
1: Louie, Louie, Tone it down. The way
0: they're treating my people in the South. <laughs> I see trees of green. That's one that everyone can do, but it's still fun to do. You know? Oh
1: yeah, super fun. And I hate, I've mentioned on this show before that I can only... Listen to that song if it's accompanied by scenes of utter devastation and destruction. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like any time I see it over sentimental shit, I'm like, "Fuck oh, you!" Shut
0: the fuck up! What wanna, a lazy choice. But I want to see like Fukushima, like yeah. and shit like that. <laughs> Every you know? time
1: there's famine under that, I'm like, "Yep, that's the good choice."
0: See, I could, I, I like the Jerry Ramon version is good. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting cover. It's a fun one. That's a good, that's a good song for a movie.
1: Yeah. So the the FBI, interestingly enough, didn't really even have to investigate Louis Armstrong for doing this, because according to their files, uh, as soon as it happened, he was speaking to a local news reporter, and this is the 40s or 50s, or I think it was 50s, Yeah. and he was speaking to a local news reporter, and this was way pre-internet, obviously, so as soon as this news story hits the local press, people start clipping... Uh, clipping it out of the newspaper and just mailing it to the FBI.
0: <laughs> Who are these nerds? I fucking hate you, nerds. That just like, like oh, like like I'm gonna find FCC violations and and send yeah. them in. Like oh, they said. They said jackass, but it wasn't clear they're referring to a donkey. So you better find K-Rot. like you fucking nerds with nothing better to do than just be, like do the government's job for them—the thing that you're supposed to be paying them to do—or what the stupid yeah. thing they shouldn't even be doing—and you're just clipping newspapers to get with these. It's like you get a break on your taxes every time <laughs> you out a black musician for having an opinion. You don't get like a, like right. a voucher or a rebate. You don't. The troops aren't going to protect your house
1: extra hard. It's fucking <laughs> stupid. Yeah, it's crazy stupid but that was the fucking climate back then they said even some of the letters went so far as to say hey this guy might be a communist just because he was upset that the government didn't want to let black kids into the same school as He's white
0: kids singing about a better world you gotta be a communist
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so what's really interesting about this is we mentioned that Louis armstrong was mostly just not political for the entirety of his career yeah but At the time this incident happened, the FBI had already been following him for 10 years. What? They'd been keeping tabs on him. They had a huge file built up, just basically on the grounds that he was a popular black musician and in a position that he could possibly at some point start influencing people for the better or something like that.
0: Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's got a platform. Yeah. Better like keep an eye on this one.
1: Yeah. So fucking weird. I mean, it's not weird. Like, I wonder what it was. Well, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, Duke Ellington, another, I've never, uh, a musician I've never associated with government Activism threatening debauchery.
0: Or... Yeah.
1: There's uh, what's interesting about this, and this is from an article called on it's a really a fascinating article on the jazz times yeah called the fbi's disturbing history of uh surveilling black musicians or something like that everyone Mm. should go read it because it's it covers a lot of ground as far as the fbi tailing jazz musicians in the 40s and 50s and they point out that the duke ellington fbi file is like a beat-by-beat alternate history of his life. Because it starts in 1938, which that year, he met fellow musician Billy Strayhorn, which is a historic moment in his progression as a musician. Mm -hmm. And that's what most historians would note about that year. The FBI file only notes that that year, he performed for the All Harlem Youth Conference, a progressive gathering that was also attended by First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt. Huh. A bunch of troublemakers. <laughs> exactly. In 1943. Did I ever tell the. Speaking
0: of First Ladies, I ever told a story about my magician friend and Michelle Obama? No, please do. I have a, I have a magician buddy. I won't name him, uh, but he. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's a good story. It's a
1: shameful thing, he being a magician. Me, he, yeah. No. <laughs> I mean,
0: maybe I should, I don't know if I should, I don't know if he, I don't know how public he is with his story. He told me and he's like, okay, in the morning of this one day, he yeah, had this one day where in the morning he performed for this gathering of like adult babies, like, like grown ups that like just like dress like in diapers and yeah. like, like fucking like, you know, they, they, they wanted to watch a magic show and they're pretending to react like kids and then they like fuck and stuff. Right. It's very <laughs> creepy. He tells me that the guy who paid him literally shit his pants while he was paying him for the gig. <laughs> All right, and then later that evening, he performs at a benefit in the Hollywood Hills, attended by Michelle Obama. <laughs> in the same twenty-four hour period, the same day, the same sunrise, he fucking
1: <laughs> performs for
0: a man who shit himself while handing him the check and uh, the first lady of the United
1: States. That is insane. Yeah, and that's 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 showbiz, folks. I want to meet that guy now. He's a great dude. So, also in 1943, going back to Duke Ellington's alternate timeline. This is the year he forms one of the most famous iterations of his band, and it's a really historic year for him, and the only thing in his FBI file for that year, he appeared at a Tribute to Negro Servicemen concert. <laughs>
0: How dare you? Yeah, we're going to try to get the Tuskegee Airmen some uh, Tylenol, <laughs> you know, and then like...
1: The next year, which was the year one of his most famous albums was released... The FBI file notes that he performed at a benefit to ban poll taxes, which I want to look into these more. They the were
0: taxes your dick if it's above seven. Oh, <laughs>
1: right. Get... Come on. <laughs> they poll taxes were apparently a surcharge that local communities would use to keep black people from voting. That doesn't sound like something that Americans yeah, do. That sounds like the present. <laughs> conspiracy theory nonsense to me. Yeah. And so he performs at a benefit. Uh, to ban those and the fbi doesn't like that and at one one point in duke ellington's career he's asked by an interviewer why he never did anything in the name of civil rights or social justice and he got really angry and walked out of the room Uh and then came back and was like i've done all of these things i do all these benefit concerts i've done so much and it's i guess not ironic it's fitting that the only people paying attention were the fbi yeah like they have a detailed history of all his activism oh man and at the end of his career black people are like why didn't you do anything and he's like what the
0: fuck (laughs) white people that hate me noticed (laughs) yeah i fucking i would love to see this for any famous person or any any like you know of the in 20 you know to 2006 Adam Ty Brown started working for crack the, the, after he smoked crack you know just like <laughs> every everything that like you know every like note like you know after uh, you know Camille Nanjiani uh, was, was nominated for another the same year that he you know
1: killed a kid like you know, just <laughs> yeah. like every like <laughs> yeah I wonder would have
0: been funnier with examples but you know I
1: you wonder know. how many people we know that have FBI files I don't know oh, man opened on them I wonder I still wonder I mean Jeff Ross has
0: played golf with Trump, so someone's definitely like Googled him. Yeah. And he he'll remember my name like eighty five percent of the time. So I don't know if I could say I know him. Right. Yeah. Who maybe some of the fucking cracked guys. Yeah. I could definitely see them being like they're trying to I don't know, red pill these kids into being communists with
1: yeah. Picture yeah.
0: based listicles. Maybe me. I don't know. That would be cool. I man. wanna see it, yeah. Dude. 10 years on FBI, the the official sponsor of Conspiracy, the show. Yeah.
1: How long do I have to wait before I can just file a Freedom of Information Act and request that? I don't know.
0: I almost feel like that'd be kind of like, it's like Googling yourself, you know, like (laughs) it might be kind of hurtful. Like, oh man.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I want to see it. That,
0: it it would be the thing you wouldn't, you would have totally forgot that you did that They would have taken. Oh yeah, for sure. It wouldn't be something you'd be proud of. He
1: shoplifted gummy bears from a super X in (laughs) 1993. I did, and again in <laughs> 1994, <laughs> and 95, and again in 2017. So let's talk about Jimi Hendrix. There, there's also some stuff about Max Roach, but that was just—he was a really famous bebop drummer, yeah. and composer. Fucking great name, yeah. Max Roach—that's a fantastic name. And what's you interesting? Could do porn, you could act. You could do <laughs> that. Is a
0: versatile name.
1: What's interesting about his file is at one point someone suggested he might be a member of the Black Panther Party, and the file clearly says that they immediately considered that to be not true. But they still sent two agents to his house in the middle of the night to interview him. They like followed his acquaintances, interviewed them, and kept a file on him for ten years.
0: There's nothing worse than being interviewed by the government in the middle of the night.
1: Yeah. 4
0: a.m. answering, like, I don't know, man, fucking, I guess, maybe I did that, you know?
1: Yeah, and I figure they do it that way on purpose, to, you know, catch you off your toes, and who knows? They also followed uh, Jimi Hendrix, which was really interesting, because, and I didn't know this about him, he actually spoke out in favor of the Vietnam War pretty frequently. Yeah, yeah. And was very critical of the Black Power movement. So... With Jimi Hendrix, it was just kind of yeah. Someone could change his mind at some point. We better keep tabs on him.
0: <laughs> but even still, he's trying to he's trying to play their game. Yeah, well, he was in the army for a little bit. He yeah, was a he was paratrooper,
1: and in the Isley Brothers for a while. Yeah, he was yeah. touring tour with the Isley Brothers. Yeah, so that's kind of the the older musicians the FBI is famous for keeping tabs on. There's also the "fuck the police" letter. Do you remember that? You you probably weren't even born at that time. When was this, 93? I think it was 89. No, yeah, I wasn't around. It's famously depicted in the uh, NWA movie, Straight Outta Compton. There's the scene where they get the letter. And I remember this. Like, I saw NWA in concert with Ice Cube. Yeah. Uh, I was 12 years old. So I'm old as shit, but that means so I, sick. I got to see NWA in concert.
0: Absolutely. and. Good
1: i remember this fbi letter oh, the original thing.
0: non-holographic members
1: <laughs> i remember this fbi letter happening so fucking vividly because there had never been anything like nwa in music at no. that point and it was such a big deal like everyone listened to nwa
0: it was like rappers delight and then right. nwa
1: <laughs> yeah and at the t- back in i think it was 80 either 89 or 90 but i believe it was 89 because it was when ice cube was still in the group they get a fucking letter from the fbi and it the letter was addressed to guy Mong manganiello i'm sure that's wrong manganiello a mozzarella <laughs> he was the national promotions director for priority records He gets this letter from the goddamn FBI, a song recorded by the rap group N.W.A. on their album entitled Straight Outta Compton encourages violence against and disrespect for the law enforcement officer and has been brought to my attention. I understand your company recorded and distributed this album, and I am writing to share my thoughts and concerns with you. There's nothing better than when someone writes very formally
0: about something that is not that, you know, right? In his piece, you know, uh, ain't No Joke, Mr. (laughs) Rakeem says he ain't no joke. How is
1: this microphone smoking? I don't understand. (laughs) This is the second paragraph. Advocating violence and assault is wrong, and we in the law enforcement community take exception to such action. Violent crime, a major problem in our country reached an unprecedented high in 1988. They're leaving out that that's when the CIA started pumping crack into L.A. 78 law enforcement officers were feloniously slain in the line of duty during 19, 1988.
0: Oh, they also monitored feloniously slain. He was a, uh, he was a bassist.
1: <laughs> that would be such a great fucking jazz name. <laughs> feloniously slain. Uh, four more than in 1987 that okay that's not a huge increase increase. yeah yeah i doubt that was rap music yeah yeah law enforcement officers dedicate their lives to the protection of our citizens and recordings such as the one from nwa are both discouraging and degrading to these brave dedicated officers music plays a significant role in society and i wanted you to be aware of the fbi's position relative to this song and its message I believe my views reflect the opinion of the entire law enforcement community. It's not Christopher Dorner. (laughs) This is signed by Milt Alaric, the uh, assistant director, Office of Public Affairs of the FBI. Dude, if I ever get
0: a letter like that, I'm getting it blown up and turned into wallpaper.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite things is when people get cease and desist letters and just like post them on their website like fuck you, sue me.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's always fun. Dude, that makes my dick so hard. It's fucking awesome.
1: And NWA kind of did that after they got this letter, there's you've seen straight out of Compton, right? Yeah. There's that scene which really happened where they had a show in Detroit and the police told them beforehand that they were not to perform straight out of Compton or they would all be arrested and they performed straight out of Compton and the police fucking stormed the stage and arrested them and like a riot broke out but good for them yeah. they're still fucking doing it
0: i mean that's the way to go i mean what what are you going to not do the big song you know yeah and have everyone hate you and then the police like you after you already said fuck them on a record like
1: and this was really an example of the fbi kind of overstepping their Bounds. Yeah, I mean, you, you're not.
0: You're just sending a letter to say, like, hey, we don't like this. You know, it's like, like a right. wink, wink, Like, what are you implying here?
1: Yeah, because it it's almost scarier than just getting a visit from the FBI. Yeah. Like a, a letter that just kind of implies that the entire FBI has signed off on this yeah. as opposed to just one agent taking an interest in it and coming to ask some questions. Yeah,
0: And like, oh, he got the okay from his department. Like this was passed through, you know, so i right. proofread this and all that.
1: It's, it's like the official government position is we don't like this song and we're watching you now. Man, that's cool. It is pretty, pretty fucking cool. And... On the other hand, though, things turned out, with the exception of Eazy-E and probably MC Ren and DJ Yellow, things turned out pretty well for N.W.A. Yeah. This certainly did not derail Ice Cube or Dr. Dre's career.
0: Yeah, MC Ren, you know he's not doing well because he follows me on Twitter. He does? Yeah, he follows a gazillion people. But I remember like, right after I started my Twitter, I was like, oh, <gasps> MC Ren. Probably my biggest Twitter claim to frame is that uh, Fife Dog uh, tweeted at me one time.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah, before he died. So yeah, the I remember the NWA letter really vividly. It was around the same time, or no? It was a few years later that the cop killer thing happened with oh, ice, ice T. Tea. That was. I remember the the I thing. Mean, maybe
0: that the, maybe this works better than we thought because then the Ice
1: Cube was doing kids movies and. <laughs> yeah, Ice T is literally a cop now, just on television. Yeah. So yeah, maybe they scared him straight. Dude, I mean, his
0: fucking, his defining performance to me is as a kangaroo man in the movie Tank Girl. That is good shit. <laughs> if you haven't seen I, that.
1: I have not seen that. But yeah, he's a
0: straight up kangaroo.
1: <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah, I've never seen Tank Girl, and I've... Until right now, never heard anything that made me want to see Tank Girl.
0: Uh, but I, I do want to see
1: Ice T as a kangaroo.
0: I think I just saw because I was a Gorillas fan as a kid, and I was like, "Oh, what else has Jamie Hewlett done?" And I was like, "Wait, is this the is this the cop guy from TV who's a kangaroo?" And then I was like, wait, "This guy had a, this guy hates these ladies." As <laughs> a rapper, what? <laughs> Big day crazy. for twelve year old me.
1: <laughs> so the last one. This is really interesting. The Wu Tang Clan. According to FBI files obtained through a Freedom of Information Act request in 2012, the Wu-Tang Clan has a 28-1-F classification, meaning the FBI sees it as a, quote, major criminal organization.
0: Well, they're not called honeybees. They're called killer bees.
1: (laughs) That's a good point. That's that's interesting to me. I've heard kind of rumors of this before. Like investigations into the Wu Tang Clan, but now I really want to know. I want to know more. Yeah. Although I will add that Juggalos also have a twenty-eight one F
0: classification. That's what their march was for. Because yeah, some of them had like custody issues, and they're like, "I'm I'm a good guy." Custody want...
1: issues, job issues, like yeah, yeah, everything. Hygiene issues are a big <laughs> one. <laughs> Diabetes. So in uh... acne, you're going to sleep with face paint on. <laughs> In 1999, I love this, an FBI agent requested permission to travel to a field office in Allentown, Pennsylvania, Uh, to learn about, what else do you go to Allentown to learn about? The Blood Street Gang. Of course. In order to compare their operations with those of the Wu-Tang.
0: That's like going to Allentown, Pennsylvania to monitor Mexican food. (laughs) It could could not be a worst...
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's so... I mean, the, he had to have a reason for what... Like, maybe the FBI just has a big Bloods training center in Allentown, but...
0: Maybe. Well, that's the uh, this, the Steady, steady Mobbin from uh, Death Certificate, I think? Or uh, it might be uh, America's Most Wanted.
1: Steady Mobbin is on Death Certificate.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. About just, like, moving gangs out to the Midwest. Oh, yeah, that's... Um, that's a good-ass song.
1: That song is called My Summer Vacation.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah that's a really cool song. It's it's a interesting song and it's just it's one of, he almost good. like
0: some of those songs on those albums are kind of like sketches almost you know where it's just like here's the premise you know? yeah
1: death certificate's one of my favorite rap albums the way that album unfolds and the the things like he really predicted a lot. About oh, yeah, what yeah, was yeah. gonna happen in LA.
0: And that fucking uh that probably
1: cover is because the awesome. FBI pulled him aside and was like, hey, here's what we need to Here happen we going on, in right? LA over the next few years. And so we don't could... want
0: anyone to say they didn't warn him. So uh <laughs> if you play your cards right, you could do Are We There Yet on TBS in ten years.
1: <laughs> exactly. I sometimes wonder about that because there is that big Conspiracy, which I've never been able to, there's, it's all based on one website post. Mm-hmm. So I've never been able to build an episode around it. But there is a conspiracy theory that says in the early 90s, there was a big meeting among record label executives and that there were investors in record labels who had money in private prisons and that in order to make those investments pay off for those people, the music industry had agreed to start pushing gangster rap.
0: Ooh, that rules. As a
1: means <laughs> to fill private prisons. And I, I mean, love that conspiracy uh, yeah, and so Shug much. And Knight is
0: in the corner wearing a mask like Dr. Doom. That's <laughs>
1: exactly. really what it
0: sounds like. Every time the Fantastic Four is like, oh, wait, well, Galactus is back. We've got to keep team up with Doom. It's in, it's in our mutual interest. <laughs> and he's just like, all right, all right. Yeah, exactly. So you're gonna, when I run over a guy in a parking lot, you're going to give me a special treatment, right? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: of course. <laughs> of course we yeah, will. Yeah,
0: uh, Mr. Knight. Dude, my, my roommate Ramsey had this saying where every day he was just retweeting an old Shook Night tweet. And one of, <laughs> one of them was like from 2012, and it just says, Here's to the nightlife. <laughs> and I was like, Hell yeah.
1: That's pretty great. Vanessa Gritton met him once. Oh, yeah, you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, and took a picture with him and then texted me the picture and was like, is, I think she said, is this Royce the 5'9"? She, was she fucking with you? And I'm like, that guy is clearly like 6'4". Yeah, Royce is kind of a little guy. Yeah, he's 5'9". Oh, I got it. it's right there in the name. I forgot how the fuck could I... And I was like, no, that's Shug Knight. Are you okay? Like, have you been hurt? You didn't touch him, did you? <laughs> yeah, it was fucking crazy. Uh, so, yeah, also the last thing about the Wu-Tang the fbi file also notes got like a
0: cigarette case full of aids needles just in (laughs) case he runs into anybody
1: just in his pocket like a nerd carrying pens like
0: two cigarillos and then a couple like (laughs) biological weapons
1: the fbi file also notes that the fbi was contacted by the nypd requesting that the fbi pursue federal conspiracy prosecution against the wu-tang organization for drug trafficking and execution And that's how it's worded in this article, which is from P.S. Mag. And it's also about the FBI's history of following black musicians. So people should go read that. Yeah. But that's how they word it. And I can't tell if they mean drug trafficking and executing people or if execution is just a another drug term that I'm not familiar with.
0: I mean, maybe. I mean, what what I've seen the Wu-Tang Clan do in the last 10 years is like, Riza made a bad movie and started a subscription-based chess community. Like these are, like yeah, drug trafficking.
1: Yeah, it it seems like a leap, but who knows? They're a big group.
0: I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. There's like when you get down to the like. Buddha Monk level by the way if you ever want to watch fucking be- I love like finding like obscure people that are like tan- like famous only because of their association with somebody else and just seeing what they're up to and oh, Buddha yeah. Monk was like a producer he worked with ODB and he's a good producer and then he's he tried to like start rapping and do his own shit and he's got a he's got a fucking music video in Brooklyn and it's just the worst shit of all time <laughs> it's just like very clearly using the external mic on the HD you know like camp oh border, nice you know and this little kid comes up and he's like hey Buddha Monk you're my hero and he's like you got that 16 ready and he's like maybe on the next album he's like yeah and then he just walked around (laughs) eating hot dogs like on coney island while he just raps poorly wearing like an od he's wearing an odb t-shirt that he clearly got bootlegged as a friend (laughs) of old dirty bastard and i found his facebook and he just shares like those like meme recipe videos nice and we say i was up late one night i ended up going to the grocery store to make these like fucking breakfast sandwiches that i saw Buddha Monk share a video for (laughs) I fuck like, yeah, shit's so great, yeah. There's so like, he's
1: doing good work.
0: He's doing all right, yeah. The, <laughs> but there's like there's like 800 kilobees, and most of them like they're just like yeah. He was he actually touched Method Man one time. And yeah. He, uh, he 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 bought him a a water uh, at 7-Eleven yeah. while he was busy. So he's a kilobee now.
1: Yeah, there are some loose affiliations among yeah. that organization for sure. Uh, but I mean, either way, no charges were ever filed. So. New Wu-Tang album coming out soon, I'm sure.
0: Oh, yeah, because the
1: feds have it. The feds have the Shkreli album. Yeah, they have. And it's the judge, I noticed, who ordered Shkreli to forfeit that album was Asian. And if you remember the Chappelle show, the Wu-Tang was drafted by the Asian community in the racial draft. So... You really gotta, Looks like that finally worked out.
0: You gotta, you gotta be praying that that judge has a couple of big L tapes, you know, in the car where he's like, "All right, I mean, this is like, there's no precedent for this, but if I if I use this <laughs> ruling, I could probably get this sh- album to the streets where it needs to be right now." Exactly,
1: doing God's work
0: again. You got to read that article about this guy who went to a listening party where he heard 15 minutes of it, and I think there were two Celine Dion songs on it. That's
1: and amazing. Like, I need, yeah. yeah, I need to find that. I hope that is true. Oh, and,
0: me too. I mean, it's it seemed legit to me. I mean, there's like a small listening party, you know? God damn it.
1: So, so that's our episode about the FBI and black musicians. Music Month continues next week. We're still talking about the FBI, but more importantly, we're talking about the death of Elvis Presley.
0: The and, death.
1: The Adam. alleged death of come, Elvis come Presley, now. which... We're we sound like we're we're mocking right now, yeah. But after looking into it, I'm kind of an Elvis truther now. Yeah, I think. we are. We've, we've been read.
0: We've been fucking. Uh, I don't know. Glitter pilled. What? Yeah.
1: So, uh, come back for that next week. And in the meantime, this is a subscription only episode, so you don't need to subscribe on Patreon. You already do, baby. Ooh. Thanks. But maybe go out and give us a good rating and review on iTunes. Even hey, if buddy. you don't listen on iTunes. We still you can just need pop that over kind of there, yeah. Won't kill you.
0: Takes a second.
1: Yeah, and also uh, I don't know what we have going on. Oh, call our voicemail line 505-386-7677. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us what show you're calling about. And uh, go to Unpops.com for notes from all of our episodes. Connor, what do you got to plug? Ooh, tour dates coming up. Going to Wisconsin, Chicago, Fort Wayne, Indiana, motherfucking
0: Pittsburgh, Philly, D.C., Cleveland, and New York City. Uh, all in the month of April. Those tickets are all live now on MeBoysPodcast.com. Go grab them. Come hang out. I'll uh, Yeah, I'll talk to you about, uh, I don't know, whatever. I'm a nice guy <laughs> in person.
1: Nice. Uh, All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Connor, say goodbye. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to
0: be destroyed.